The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Hebrews chapter 11, if you would, with me. We're going to begin at verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear, or which do appear, I'm sorry. By faith Abel, being offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his I'm sorry, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we have together tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to, uh, to deliver the message that you would intend. And I pray that tonight we would all be admonished and encouraged by what we hear. Thank you for this time we have now. We ask you to bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so, so far we've, we've defined faith in Hebrews chapter 1. And we, we took a, the first week to do that. Then we looked at Abel uh, the next time. And we said that Abel, Abel uh, made a sac- was a sacrifice by faith. He made a sacrifice by faith. And we saw that Abel's sacrifice was a picture of redemption uh, in his offering that he gave of the, of the first of the flock. The flock being the creation of God and, and, and given him by God. And we saw that his, his offering was preferred above that of Cain, which Cain offered the work of his hands and the labors of his hands. And we also saw that Abel's sacrifice was a proclamation of righteousness, God giving testimony on behalf of Abel's gift and offering. We read it just a moment ago in verse 4. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he <clears throat> was righteous. And we saw that, that, God, uh, that God himself testified of, of Abel's righteousness. And then we saw also that God's testimony, his, his testimony of Abel's righteousness was proof of his respect unto Abel's gift. And so we took a look at, at Abel and, and listed among the heroes of the faith. Uh, now tonight I'd like to, or this afternoon, I'd like to take a look at the, the second person listed on that, on that list of, of heroes of the faith. And that is Enoch. <laughs> and Enoch, we see, is a, an example of faith that pleases God. Now, I don't think any of you have a handout. I intended to, to get them out this afternoon, but time not permitting, I wasn't able to do so. 
But uh, tonight we're going to talk about Enoch. Enoch offering a faith that pleases God. Look with me again at Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 5. We read here, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Not much is known about Enoch. When I decided to teach and preach down the series of, of, of the names listed in Hebrews, I came across Enoch. I said, uh-oh. You know, we know a lot about Abel. There's a lot in the Bible said about Abel. And, and we know about many of the others, Abraham, of course, and Noah, and all the other men listed in that list. But Enoch, Enoch, there's not a whole lot known about Enoch. Scripture does not give us much detail of his life. Enoch was the great, 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 great grandson of Seth. Four greats in that list. He was born of Jared, who was the son of Mahalil, who was the son of Kynan, who was the son of Enos, who was the son of Seth, who was the son of Adam, who was created by God. So we don't know a whole lot about him. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 5, if you would. Let's all go together in Genesis chapter 5. And let's begin at verse 21. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 21. We read here, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's fifty-three words. Fifty-three words. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5, we read just a little earlier, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. That's 32 words. And then in Jude chapter 1, let's go to, let's go, well Jude only has one chapter. But let's go to Jude. Let's go to the book of Jude. Judas, for those of you who may not be sure, is right in front of Revelation. And let's look at verse number 14. We read here, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. That's 58 words. And most of those words have to do with ungodliness. So it doesn't give me a whole lot to build a message on. 143 words. This constitutes the balance of reference to Enoch and Scripture. Yet... 
he is referenced in the list of the heroes of the faith. Therefore, though his life didn't, didn't draw much attention from the authors of the scripture, it did draw the attention of God. Because he is listed in the heroes of the faith. So this afternoon, I'd like to make some inferences from what we do know about Enoch. So I'm going to try to be brief and I'm going to share some things with you. And I hope that these things help you and I to, to fashion our, our faith so that we too can, can please God by our faith. So letter A, oh, you don't have a, let, you don't have a study sheet. Letter A, Enoch remained consistent to the witness he received. This much we can, we can pull out of the scripture that Enoch was a man who was consistent. He lived his life consistent to the testimony he had received. Now, we all know the condition of society living on earth at the time of Enoch, right? We all, we're all familiar with that. Let's turn to Genesis. We're there. Let's look at chapter 6. Look at Genesis chapter 6 and let's begin at verse 5. We read here, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. So we see the condition of society, and we see the condition on the earth at that time. It was, it was an evil society. Scripture said that men imagined only evil continually in their hearts. In fact, it was so evil that God decided to destroy it. It's not so far from society today, is it? <laughs> yeah, today is pretty bad out there. I mean, if it can be, if there's any evil that can be conceived in 2019, you can find it. You can find it on the television set. You can find it on the internet. You can find it in every schoolroom across America. Abortion, sex, drugs, murder. There's no place, there's no corner on this globe where evil does not exist. You know, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37... The Savior stated, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And this verse is referring to the behavior and the practices of men in the days of Noah. There was no, no shame. There, there was nothing that man would not indulge himself in. 
I don't, I don't want to be vulgar this afternoon, but we live in a pretty sick world. Yeah. And that sickness and that decay has made its way into the classroom of our elementary children. The, the behavior and the practice of men in Noah's days was absolutely inexcusable and they were warned. Noah preached righteousness for 120 years and no one listened. The only people that got on the ark were his wife, his sons and their, their wives. And probably the only reason they got on the ark is because he made them. Now, if this were today, he'd have a hard time making his wife do anything, right? <laughs> and the same is true today. Men are, men are informed. Do you think there's anybody in this world ignorant of Jesus Christ? I don't think there is. I mean, I think probably even in the darkest caverns of the thickest jungles, the name of Jesus has been spoken. We live in the information age. All you have to do is press buttons. You can be totally ignorant about anything, and if you have Google, you can become the smartest man in town. We live in the information age. No one is ignorant of anything anymore, unless they want to be. And men want to be ignorant of Christ, because their deeds are evil. And they do not want to be brought to the light of the truth. They continue in their sin. And this was the, the way it was in Enoch's day. But Enoch did not corrupt himself with this evil. Enoch chose to honor the principles handed down to him by his forefathers. He believed their report. He held to his faith. And this, the Bible tells us, pleased God. Now tonight, or this afternoon, today, whatever it is in America... We too face a decision similar to that of Enoch. Every one of you in this room, you have to make a choice tonight. Will we hold to the truths handed down to us from our Baptist forefathers, from generations upon generations upon generations, all the way back? To John and the Baptist in the, in the Jordan River? Are we going to hold to those truths? Will we honor the witness that they have given us? Remember tonight, we don't, we don't believe divide, uh, uh, cunningly devised fables. We believe truth. Turn with me to 1 John. Let's all go there. 1 John. Chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 
And let's look at verse number one together. First John chapter one and verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you uh, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. No, we don't, we don't believe tonight. <laughs> I don't believe dev- uh, cunningly devised fables tonight. I believe truth that was seen with, by the very eyes of the ap- apostles and was handed down from generation to generation to generation to this pulpit tonight. So we have to decide, what are we going to believe? Are we going to believe the truth that God has preserved for us in Holy Scripture? Or are we going to go the way of the world and succumb to the evil therein? And Enoch had to make that choice. And he made it by faith. He chose to believe the truth handed down to him. Now, he was one. I'm sure he wasn't alone. I, I think there were other men like, like Enoch within his own family, probably. You know, it, there's a formula that's been used to try to establish how many people uh, were, were, may have been alive at the time of the flood. And the criteria used is this. The, the average woman was 66 years old when she gave birth to her first child. Uh, the average family had only five children. Eight years was the average length between the births of children. Assuming 4% were infertile or never married. And assuming the average age of death at 850, it's been estimated that the low end of the population would have been approximately 195 million people alive at the time of the flood. 190 people. Now that's a very conservative estimate. It could have been more. Yet only a few men are cited in the scriptures as being righteous. How many people are alive on the earth today? I don't know. It's it's more than six billion, isn't it? Is it seven? Anybody know? Eight? Don't hear nine, nine, nine going once, nine going twice. It's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Probably about a fifth of them live in China. 
It's a lot of people. How many, how many do you think the Lord would consider righteous today? That's a good question, isn't it? Who wants to volunteer to do the math? <laughs> Only a few men are cited in Scripture as, as being righteous. That, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. What a terrible dilemma. What a terrible dilemma Enoch find himself, found himself in. He's living in a, in a society, he's living in a world that hates God, that, that, that does not honor God, that does not desire to, to know God. But he, he, has, he, has, chosen, he's, he, he has chosen to be consistent in, in his belief and faith in God. Now, that's a dilemma, and that leads me to my next observation, which is this. My second observation is that Enoch remained committed to the principles of God. Not only did he remain consistent in his faith to believe those things that had been handed down to him by his forefathers all the way from Adam right down the line, (laughs) but he also remained committed to living by the principles of God. Now, despite the obvious opportunity that he had to give in to mainstream society, he held his ground. He stayed true to the principles of God. You know, this reminds me of another man cited in Scripture. Matter of fact, this man is also cited in the, in the um, Heroes of the Faith. And that is Daniel. Let's let's go to Daniel chapter 1, if you would, with me. Daniel chapter 1. These are verses I know everyone's familiar with, but let's take a look at them. And I'll begin reading at verse number 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding, uh, an understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans." And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, 
and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Now look at verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I'm compelled here to take a moment and stress the importance of living in God's principles. Here's Daniel. Now, as was common when a nation was conquered, everyone in political office was assassinated, murdered, put to death. And the children of those political leaders would be taken and would be retrained into the knowledge of the conquering kingdom, as well as gleaned of any educational information they might have that the conquering nation didn't have. So Daniel quite likely witnessed the murder of his own parents, was taken captive, brought to a foreign land, enslaved. Daniel, by every logical sense, had no reason to hold to any traditions. He had no reason to cling to the faith of his people. He was beaten. He was defeated. He was, he was enslaved. Yet Daniel decided he was not going to violate his principles concerning God. He was not going to disobey God. Now let me, let me tell you something. That young man, that young man was taught that by somebody. He didn't just wake up one morning and say, well, you know what? I'm not going to eat that meat. Listen, Enoch, we, we know in scripture, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Now, what effect do you think that had on his children? What effect do you think that Enoch's children, watching their dad go out every day and walk along and and go out and pray and worship God and walk with God every day, what effect do you think that had on them? Do Do I have to connect the dots here or do you get it? Why is our generation of quote-unquote Christian children in America in such bad shape? It's because we don't have any Enochs walking with God every day. (coughs) Enoch was committed to this. Every day Enoch worshipped and, and, and walked with and prayed to and communed with and I'm sure spoke about his God to his children every day. That had an effect on his children. <coughs> we read, Enoch begat Methuselah. Methuselah begat Lamech. Guess who Lamech begat? Noah. 
Noah was the great-grandson, great-great-great-great-grandson of Enoch. Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Now, according to the calculations, the numbers I, I find in Scripture, Noah, Enoch was translated before Noah was born, but I can guarantee you Noah knew of his grandpa. I guarantee, I guarantee you, Lamech said, son, I wish you could have known your papa. I wish you could have seen him walk out of there at 365 years old, out into that desert, and go and worship and pray to his God. And Noah knew of, of, Noah knew of, of Enoch, and Enoch's life impacted Noah. You know, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, you know, I, we all know that kids can fall away. But one thing about a child who's been taught to worship and honor God is he comes back. What about the prodigal? You think you remember the story of the prodigal son? He came back, didn't he? Oh, he he went off and sowed his sowed his oats, so to speak. But when he when he finally one day woke up in the pigsty, what did he say? I shall go to my father. I'll go back home. I'll return to daddy. Listen, folks. Enoch was committed. To live by the principles in the of God. And that's what we need in America tonight. More than we need anything else. Listen, there's no politician that's going to save America. None. Forget that. If you're waiting for a, a politician riding a white horse to come over the mountainside, forget it. It's not going to happen. The only thing that's going to turn America around is when God's people, what does the Bible say? If they who are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I heal their land. We may never see revival in America. We might see it in Ronan Park if we all get right with God. Amen. But I'm not here tonight to preach for revival in America. I'm here tonight to encourage God's children at Berean Baptist Church to have faith. The faith that Enoch had. That he decided, he committed that he was going to live by biblical principles regardless of what anybody else was doing. <laughs> but then my last observation tonight <laughs> is this. If you had taken it, letter C is where we are. I want to say Enoch's faith was confirmed by the hand of God. Enoch's faith was confirmed by the hand of God. Back in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found 
They went looking for him. Enoch walked off. I can imagine he walked off to go walk with God, as he always did. And he disappeared. He was not found. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch was translated. He was caught away into heaven. He was raptured. Did the the father come down and gather him up? Did angels meet him and gather him up? I don't know. But he was translated that he would not see death and he was not found. They looked everywhere. And he could not be found because he was with the Lord. He was in heaven. This is exactly what happened to Elijah, except Elijah, they saw Elijah go, right? In 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 11, And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha and Elijah were walking along, talking, and all of a sudden, in the sky, this chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared, and it came down, and it swooped down between Elisha and Elijah, and they, they, they had to get apart from each other, and Elijah was caught up, and he was taken to heaven, and the world went, and Elisha watched him go. Could something like this have, have, have happened to Enoch? Uh, probably, quite possibly. That's what happened, but we do know this. And the scripture, unless the scripture's lying, Enoch was translated into heaven. He did not see death. He did not die as we understand death. Uh, isn't that what's going to happen at the rapture? Those who are alive and still remain will be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds. Huh? They're not gonna, they're not gonna die. They're just gonna poof. They're gonna be gone. The Bible says two men will, two, two men will be working in the field together. One will be gone and the other will remain. There's gonna be worldwide chaos and panic when people start disappearing. You imagine mothers going into the rooms of their infant children and their children are gone. Families separated. I always like to check and see if my pilot is a Christian or not. Excuse me, are you a Christian? Is the autopilot on? You see, God took Enoch. And he had this testimony. Before God took him, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch was taken by God before death. You know, he was only 365 years old. You'd say only 300? Yeah, he was, he was just a kid. 
in those days. Listen, Adam lived 930 years. Seth, 912 years. Enos, 905 years. Kynan, 910 years. Mahaliel, 895 years. Jared, 962 years. Methuselah, Enoch's son, lived 969 years. Lamech lived 777 years. Enoch was just a kid. I could hear it now. He was only 365 years old. I can only deduce from this that God showed Enoch great favor. He rewarded Enoch for his faithfulness. He rewarded him. You see, God knew what was coming. God knew what, the, what was happening on the earth. And he, he rewarded Enoch by taking him away from all of that. And bringing him on up to be with him. God was pleased with Enoch. Now folks, that's, that's all I can find in the scriptures about Enoch. But I, I think that I found enough. When I, when I studied this, I, I think I found enough in Enoch's life that I can grab hold of and it can help me have a better walk with God. Enoch pleased God. What more needs to be said? He pleased God. Now, take this as you will tonight. But let it suffice to say that Enoch's faith was such that he made, made it on to God's heroes of the faith list. And that's a very short list. But what about us tonight? What about, what about you and me? What kind of faith do we have? I know we like to think that we have a strong faith. I, I like to think that my faith is strong. But then sometimes God puts me through tests and, and I find out that my faith is not as strong as I thought it was. Listen, folks, we have a great God. We have, a, we have such a great God. And I've, I've been in his service now for 35 years. Well, actually, almost, it's 36 years, almost 37. And I can't tell you how many times that God has shown me his presence in my life. What a mighty God we serve. Let's, let's go forth and Let's, let's look at Enoch and say, you know, Enoch pleased God. And, and so can I. If I'll do the things Enoch did. And, and, and if we stay faithful to the, to the truth that we have. Not, 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 give, not involve ourselves in this world, but, but, but dedicate ourselves to the truth. Hand it down to us. From the Apostle John, as he said, those things that he saw and heard and touched and handled, 
he has passed on to you so that your joy might be as good, as strong as his joy. Let's, let's, remain, let's remain dedicated and committed to biblical principle as, as Daniel purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to partake in the king's meat. Let us also purpose in our heart that no matter what America, no matter which direction America goes, we will stay on the path of the Lord. Regardless of the consequence, regardless of the cost, let us strive one day to stand before the Lord and hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. And Lord, we pray tonight and we, we desire to have the faith, the kind of faith that Enoch had. And Lord, we, we, can't, we can't stand here tonight and, and we can't say, well, you know, we have so much harder than Enoch had. No, no we don't. We don't. If we look at the history of that time, Enoch lived in a filthy, wicked, evil, adulterous, sinful world. And he was pressured, I'm sure, daily. Yet he stood strong. Help us to have that kind of faith. Teach us, instruct us. Holy Spirit, instruct us and guide us. And we can stand there one day before you and and we can hear you say, well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord, for this night. Pray that you be with the pastor and with Pam. Give them them rest and comfort and safety. And be with each of our people here tonight as, as we go out into our work week. Keep us safe. Lead us, Father. Lead us to those people that you would have us to speak to and and Father, give us courage and, and give, us, give us wisdom as we, as we interact throughout the week with those that, that you will bring unto our path. Let us be a testimony unto you, a witness unto you of your, of your goodness and your grace. We thank you for these things, Lord. We ask that you bless. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.